Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 99 of the Put a Ring on a Podcast. I am Dan Moyer. And I am Danielle. Dan, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about budgets and priorities, which... Budget. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that's something I should do. That's what I do. But we're just reverse today. Hi, I'm Danielle. And I'm Jayad. <laughs> no, today we're talking about budgets and priorities. And it's actually a better episode than you would expect just from saying, let's talk about numbers and priorities. This is a very nitty gritty one. And this is where you need to start, especially if you're anywhere in the wedding planning process, this will still help you. Yes. And friends, here's the thing. This episode was inspired by those of you that have been sending in your questions to us. We have been having a ball answering them, especially for those of you that have been in our Ringer Club. And y'all, our Ringer Club is building and growing, and we are really, really proud of it. It's a space that we're offering for our community to ask questions and just contribute in such a wonderful and beautiful way. It helps us in making the show and it helps future couples as well. If you go to patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I, you can join our Ringer Club too. And we'd love to have you in there. Yeah. And Ringer Club peeps, you are going to get the hookups on something that Danielle just launched in her shop. If you continue to listen to this episode. Yeah, you are. Let's dive in. Planning a wedding is hard work, am I right? But you are not alone. Welcome to the Put a Ring on a Podcast. I'm Danielle Pasternak, wedding planner of DPNAC Events. I'm Dan Moyer, wedding photographer of Daniel Moyer Photography. Together, we are two wedding pros with a fork ton of experience sharing our best tips and tricks. And downright sensible advice for a wedding that feels good to you. Plain and simple, we got your back. Hey, Dan, are you ready? Let's do this. Happy May, Ringers. Yay, happy May. May the 4th be with you. Oh, why, thank you, sir. For those of you listening in real time, today is May the 4th. However, if you're not listening in real time, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, the only things that come to mind whenever I think of May are April showers bring May flowers, so I like flowers, and then Justin Timberlake, because it's gonna be May. I dig it. You almost have the Justin Timberlake hair going. Or lack thereof, more like it. Sure, but it's like a little curly. Oh, my hair is insanely curly. Fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, there was a long time through high school and college where I had a full-blown afro. It was awesome. Yeah. I wish I knew you at that time. Yeah. Maybe not. I take it back. (laughs) Dan, what's new? A lot of things. The end of this month is when things really start to pick back up for me. I'm happy that I'm able and fortunate enough to be able to be vaccinated fully because as somebody who, you know, literally goes from... 100 plus people event one day to 100 plus people event the next day. I'm just happy to be able to put my family and keep my clients all safe. What about you? Yeah, we don't start back for weddings until July. Wow. So just because that's just kind of how things all came together for us. But I'm feeling both simultaneously excited and terrified because I just walked up and down my steps twice today and was like very winded. So (laughs) I have a feeling getting this body back to a wedding, I'm going to be hurting the next day. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually my test for if a wedding was good or not. How much do my feet hurt the next day? How much is my head pounding and how much is my back hurt? And if all three of those things are bad, I know it was a good day and I gave it my all. Aww. See, that's good. I have a trick at the end of every wedding. So for me, all vendors pretty much, we're on our feet all day long. I come home after every wedding. I fill up my bathtub with like an inch or two of hot water. I soak my feet and I just 
decompress. I take a lot of the notes in my head and get them out onto like paper or into my phone. And it has saved my feet substantially. Actually, if you're getting married at the end of your night, I promise you, you're going to be sore. Soak your feet, like grab your partner and be like, Hey, we're going to soak our feet so that tomorrow we can walk. Trust me. You'll thank me for it. I love feet. Anyway, you know what else is new, Dan? What? So as you know, I have my shop at DPNAC, which has all of these really fun templates and resources for couples and for wedding planners. And I've been trying to release and continue to add to it. And just this past month, I actually collaborated with a planner friend of mine, Berlin Martin, who has been on the show before. And we created this really fun and beautiful budget template for weddings. So as we were going through this, I was really excited because it's such a perfect resource. So for everybody listening, I want y'all to know that if this is sounding overwhelming to something to create from the ground up, I will make sure I put a link in the show notes to my template so that you can be well on your way to having this like gorgeous, super pretty, minimal, it's not pink in any sort of way template that will have your back. That's awesome. I feel like as we're starting to receive more questions on our Instagram and from our Patreon, you know, obviously we talked last episode about planning a wedding in a pandemic, and there are still plenty of people who are planning a wedding in a pandemic. But the questions that we're getting now, it's starting to feel like maybe just like the little bit hopeful that things are going to get back to normal, especially as I'm looking at 2022. And there's a lot more questions about priorities and budget and organizing and all that kind of stuff. And that's why I think this episode is going to be awesome just because it's so practical and it gets back to the nuts and bolts of planning a wedding. And that is a budget and aligning your priorities with your budget. So let's start with why you should even have a budget. Or should you even have a budget? Guys, yes. Just yes, you need a budget. Yeah, you need a budget. Your budget helps you make decisions along the way. This isn't just something that you're going to do just to check it off the list and say, okay, did that thing, done, put that to bed and never look at it again. This is something that you're going to work on, update every now and then throughout the way, but it will help you and future you to make good decisions that you feel really good about. Yes, you just said it, that this thing is a living, breathing document. It's not something you like do, check off in the beginning. You have to keep coming back to it as you overspend in an area or underspend in some area, you move money around. And actually, you talked about briefly the spreadsheet that you have in your shop now. Can you just talk about like how that's structured? Because I know that some people are sitting here going, budget, I'm not good with money and I'm not good with money. It takes me a long time and I realize I really need a budget in every part of my life. But somebody out there is like, this sounds too much for me. How does yours work really quick? So ours is broken down by category. So you can put in all the information you need. You can get as detailed or as general as you want with it. You can decide what is and it isn't included in the budget, but it still tracks everything for you. You can still track who's giving you money, who's contributing, what money's coming out of savings. And it'll give you all this like great overview for what you have going on, where all the money is getting spent. And so that when you come in under budget on one thing, you can see, oh, we're under budget by a thousand dollars here. Let's put that towards that other thing that we really wanted. That type of information at your fingertips so helpful, which is why we made it. So one of the things that I want to start with is everyone has a different budget. And just like when you're buying a house, there's really no such thing as a quote unquote bad budget. Everyone has what they're able to spend or invest in that thing. And as long as it's realistic to the expectations you have to go with it, then there's nothing wrong with it. There's no reason to 
apologize or do anything like that. And we're going to talk about what you should know to kind of build your budget in a little bit. But I just want to start off by saying that we are not here to shame anything that you're spending as long as it is realistic. Yeah. If you have a $10,000 budget or a $100,000 budget, it doesn't matter. That's just is what it is. It's just the number, no judgment coming from this side, but you just have to be realistic and say, okay, here's all the puzzle pieces that fit into our $10,000 budget, or here's all our puzzle pieces that fit into our $100,000 budget. That's it. And if you are in a really wonderful opportunity where you have a parent or somebody in your life that's saying, Hey, we're going to take care of this wedding. Don't worry about it. Sometimes it feels like, I guess we don't have a budget, but I can pretty much bet that everyone has a budget or a financial comfort zone, or let's just say a number that makes them say, yeah, absolutely not. And I think it's important to know what that is. So as we're talking through this, if you're like, yeah, we're good, we don't have a budget, I still think there's a ton of help and value in seeing the numbers all come together and knowing what you're dealing with so that whoever is contributing also feels really good about what's going on too and that you're not leaving the situation with any bad feelings or any bad vibes. Okay, so Miss person who knows everything about budgets. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, somebody who's incredibly organized, right? And I think you have a great way of thinking through this and you help your clients through this. So where do people start? Couples out there listening, where do they start? When it comes to your budget, a few factors come into play just right off the bat, because it's really easy to Google how much does a wedding cost? And I promise you're going to get some BS number that does not apply to most people. And I promise you it doesn't shot in the dark, it might apply to you, but on the whole, it's not going to apply. So a few factors come into a play. One of those factors is where you are getting married. A wedding happening out in San Francisco, California is going to be a lot different than happening in the middle of nowhere. I don't even want to give a state because I don't want to offend anybody, but it's just a fact. If it's a more expensive place to live, it's a more expensive place to have a wedding. Next up, your guest list. The more people you invite, the more your budget is going to need to be. Also your date the time of year, as well as the day of the week that your wedding is happening comes into play as far as what your budget needs to be, as well as the overall style of event you want to have. A black tie gorgeous gala is going to be much different than something that's a little bit more casual. (laughs) All right. So I just did Google. You Googled? Yeah. Wait, let me see if I could guess the number. Yeah. How much does the average wedding cost in 2019? In 2019, I'm going to say it's going to say $32,000. $33,900. Ah, okay. Including the engagement ring, ceremony, and reception. According to the Knotts 2019 Real Wedding Study. So some people are sitting there going, wow, that is an insane number, right? And other people are going, that's a quarter of my budget, right? Different strokes for different folks, right? I don't think we should talk about strokes and folks, but sure, Dan. <laughs> that's totally a normal saying. No, it is. I just take it someplace else, apparently. But that is really true. And thank you for doing that, Google, because that number is based on just averages, but it does not take into account anything that's even remotely specific to you. And I will get on my soapbox about this because I think that when people Google and see that number, it can be incredibly misleading. And like Dan just said, give you a whole lot of feels in result of it. Like, oh, crud, are we not spending enough? Or, oh, crud, are we spending way too much? So this is where I want you to do your research. What does it mean to do your research? How do you start doing that? So a number of different ways. I mean, don't get me wrong. Google's a lovely resource, but unless you're Googling and doing your research on a local level, 
this is where you're going to get a lot of wrong information. But local planners are a really good resource. Local venues and vendors are a really good resource. And just getting a good understanding of what the wedding world is like in the area where you're thinking you want to have your wedding. That is a wonderful way to go about it. And from there, you can get a little bit better of an insight into what it's like to have a wedding in that location versus just using some very average global number that takes into account many different extremes. Okay. So then after you start kind of getting this picture of what this wedding is going to look like and what the number for your wedding in your area and your state with your amount of guests and your location and all that stuff, what's the next step? This is where you have to have that conversation about money with everybody who's contributing financially. If you can get clear about what everyone's comfort level is and what their expectations are for giving you that money, it's the right way to go. Because when someone is able to contribute financially to your event, that's so great. But sometimes, um, you know, there's a little asterisk (laughs) at the end of it. Do they want to be involved in the decision making? Do they want to have a say in the guest list? Maybe they just want to support you and that's wonderful, but either way, you need to start with a conversation with everybody involved so that you are all on the same page, you know, everyone's comfort level and you are good to go. Yeah. When Rachel and I were planning our wedding, Rachel's parents, uh, her dad sold their business because they moved down to South Carolina and they said, here's the number we're giving you. Do you want it for a house or do you want it for a wedding? And we said, we want it for a wedding. We're excited about that. And It was a very nice size number. They said, we're paying for the reception. And going to my parents was different. My parents, they were shy about it. They were like, well, we don't know. You know, my parents are just very simple people. They don't have a lot of savings. And I was like, mom, anything, literally anything you could give us, even if it's $5 would be amazing. And they told us the number. And I was like, that's the most generous thing ever. But it felt icky sticky, I think, from my mom because I think she wanted to give more. But just having that conversation and being blown away by still their generosity was awesome, right? So no matter what the number is that somebody says, even if they say $5 or they can't say anything, say, okay, thank you so much. We're excited for you to be there. It's going to be amazing. But whatever that number is, that's awesome. And show your gratitude for it because it's a big deal. Yep. And not everybody has that. And that's okay too. If you don't have someone in your life that's contributing, A, you are very, very much not alone. Please know that. There are many couples who fund their wedding entirely 100% themselves. And that's wonderful too. But you still want to have a conversation with each other because I promise you that will come up later down the line if you don't address it early on. And it's going to come up in a much more bubbly sort of way. So as you're talking through this, especially you as a couple, but also anybody involved, this is where you want to start talking about your priorities. And Dan, what does it mean to say like, okay, we'll talk about our priorities? You know, I think this is an interesting section because priorities really are going to differ between so many people, even between you and your significant other, right? And obviously figure out your priorities, that kind of thing. And I just want to speak very specifically to what my wife and I did when we were getting married. Ours was kind of about this mission statement of we want to have all our friends and family together under one roof for a happy reason. There's all these categories that you can spend money on. And you might say there's 10% for this and 5% for that, blah, 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 right? Um, So if you were to look at ours and 
inordinate amount went towards venue. A large chunk of it went towards that because that felt like the cornerstone of the whole thing. The experience that people were going to have was dependent on like the curb appeal, on ease of getting people in and out because of wheelchair access and all that kind of stuff. I think some people might look at that and say, oh, well, why didn't you spend anything on flowers or whatever, right? That just wasn't our priority. And I love flowers, but we decided to put money towards other things like drinks and booze and food and curb appeal and good photography and a good entertainment, which actually leads us to the perfect thing, which is start with our four fundamentals. Yeah. If you start with the four fundamentals, which I'll unpack here in a second, that's a really great starting point. If you're saying, well, gosh, I don't even know what our priorities might be for this event. The four fundamentals is you have to make sure you feed people, give them something to drink, entertain them, and keep them comfortable. It's as simple as that. If you hit on those four things, I firmly believe that you win at planning the wedding. At what level you do them is up to you, but as long as you do them to some capacity, you're winning. And if you want to hear us really get into this episode 38, it's called four fundamentals to hosting a great event. We talk through the whole gamut of it, but like Dan said, everyone's going to have different priorities, even if they use similar words, it is not uncommon to hear two people say, I just want everybody to have a good time. I want everybody to have fun. Guess what? That means very different things to very different people. Even if you think you know your partner like the back of your hand, having fun might mean this incredible dinner with this beautiful setting where everybody can just like talk and laugh. Whereas to the other person, it might be a real quick dinner. Who cares about the green beans onto dancing and just like having this amazing rave on the dance floor. You need to dig deeper and get granular and say, yeah, but like, what about that? Like, what does it mean to you? What excites you about this outside of getting married to each other? What makes you excited for this day to happen? And that's where you start seeing, oh, this is where our priorities really fall. Yep, absolutely. It doesn't matter what that top number is. I want to keep coming back to that because I feel like as we kind of get into this and you look at all these priorities, especially if you guys have differing priorities and you say like, oh, we want to cover them both, right? You still have that number that you came up with. So if you both have expensive, quote unquote, priorities, you need to figure out how to make that work underneath your top line budget, right? Which takes some compromise and things like that. This wedding is also about the two of you coming together, right? It is your wedding, but you really have to think about the experience of the other people who are coming there. And still one of our greatest episodes, episode number two, it's your party for everybody else. I still love that freaking episode. It's so good. It is about creating this event where like you two are one to 2% of the entire people at your wedding. So you really have to have the best interest of those who are coming there to support you in mind. Yeah. It's not about what's going to look good on Pinterest or on the gram or on IG. Maybe it is about that for you and I won't judge, but to me, it's about the guest experience. What are your guests going to enjoy? These wonderful people that have been in your life that are coming to support you, what is it that they're going to want to experience and walk away from it feeling like, dang, that was a really good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So say Rachel and I, my wife and I had a $25,000 budget and somebody else has a $25,000 budget. They might spend X amount of dollars in all these different categories versus if you look at the way Rachel and I spent it, our priorities were 
what makes our people the happiest. Our people were dancing as long as possible. Both our families are dancers. Both our families are partiers. Both our families are drinkers. And so those were the area we put the money. And that means that we shopped around and found a good venue that all those things fit underneath. So you would look at the totals in those columns and say, wow, they spent a lot on that area comparatively to somebody else. Right. And so somebody else might say, well, guest experience to us means having just a beautiful setting and you're spending money on hundreds and hundreds of candles and flowers hanging from the ceiling and all these things. That's what it means to look at your priorities and align them in the budget categories. Right. Exactly. And it's not just between the two of you. You need to loop in everyone who's involved in the decision-making because it's a really common spot to find a disconnect here. Sometimes parents really want to, shall we say, impress their guests Whereas the couple just wants it to feel really fun and casual. Nothing is wrong with either of those things. They're just very different events that are going to be happening. So if you can find either a common middle ground or compromise on different things to each get really nice touch points, then you're doing really good there. And this is common in other areas too, but here in Pennsylvania, we have a lot of barns and barn weddings are a thing. Yes, they are. And I think some parents are legit having semi-heart attacks because they're walking into this barn going, I'm sorry, we want to do what here now? And it is a major shock to their system. Understandably so. They grew up in a very different time where I can't imagine the stigma around maybe having your wedding in a barn back in the 70s. It was like a much different event to what's happening now. So Give that space for understanding and for allowing that conversation to happen in a very open-minded and open-hearted way so that you allow for people to understand where you're coming from and you understand where they're coming from. Okay. So I think we can probably get into a little bit of nitty gritty here because I feel like we're like kind of on the edge of this. How do priorities affect budget specifically? Yeah. So once you know your priorities, you can really better allocate where you want to invest your money. Like Dan was sharing before, they knew what mattered most to them and they knew what didn't matter as much to them. So where they decided what money was going to go where was based around that. There was no sense for Dan and Rachel to spend $10,000 on their flowers when flowers didn't really mean that much to either of them. I do remember when you said that you focused on the bar a little bit. I remember that incredible blue signature drink you had. The thing was insane. (laughs) I mean, I didn't have it, but it looked crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. Talking about priorities is dancing a big deal for you, then you want to put that money, hire a great band or a DJ that's like really known for packing the dance floor safely. If this is in COVID times is having a great meal at the top of your list, then that's where you want to focus on catering or finding a great restaurant or a venue that hosts these events known for their amazing food. Like I said earlier, are flowers low on your list? You don't have to spend as much on them and you can just keep things simple because Just because your friend is having whatever, $500 centerpieces doesn't mean you have to, especially if you have other priorities. It doesn't make it any less of a wedding if you say we would like to spend this money here as opposed to here just because somebody else is doing it. How different two weddings that have the same budget can look? Oh my gosh. Wildly. Yeah. Like if somebody has $500 centerpieces, that doesn't mean that their wedding is going to be better. Some of the best weddings I've ever been to were in a barn, kind of in the backwoods where it wasn't about 
the expense of the wedding or putting on any like pomp and circumstance. It was, hey, let's just get people drunk and have a good time with them, right? And somebody out there is listening is going, that sounds not like what I want, but it's just about being true to yourself. Exactly. Because let's face it, unless your last name is Kardashian or rhymes with that, you won't be able to get all the things you want, right? Like it's really tricky to say, okay, I just want all the things, blow the budget out of the water. For most of us, that's not feasible or even realistic or something we want to do. So once you have your priorities in place, they can act as that North Star to say, okay, these are what we're making our decisions around. Because if you break down your budget, pre-decision making before you've gone through and done all this stuff based on your priorities, decisions in the moment become much easier because you've taken the emotion out of it. You're no longer feeling like, oh, well, if we don't hire fireworks to have at our event, are people even going to really remember that we got married? Like you're making decisions from a much more rational mindset. And then when you're in the process, if you say, you know what, I really do think this would add overall fine. You have our permission to do that, but you've done the work beforehand for that really solid foundation. Yeah. One thing you said before was that if your name rhymes with Kardashian, um, so I'm just wondering what, what names rhyme with Kardashian? Said, no, here's what I should have said. I should have said, <laughs> if your last name rhymes with like Smartashian, <laughs> that would have landed better. <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. You can't win them all the time. No, but I, I actually have an analogy for y'all. And I think for some of you listening, you're really going to understand what I'm about to say. So I think that having a wedding budget is one of the best things you can do for your future self, because I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Dan, but I know I certainly have. I think I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I've gone to Target for one little thing, maybe two things, not costly things, just little things. And just pulling into the parking lot, like my little hairs get all tingly knowing what's about to go down. <laughs> it's about to go down. It's on, especially if I'm by myself. She about to do it. <laughs> exactly. You just, it is what it is. But if I were to say, okay, this is what I'm going to target for. And every time I took a thing and I put it into my cart, I got a little total and this is how much it's adding to the overall total, I would think long and hard before officially adding that thing to the cart. Because what happens is I grab a bunch of like $16 things or $8 things. And all of a sudden I get to the checkout line and it's $200 and I go, oh my gosh, how did this even just happen? And at that point I'm committed. What am I going to do? Because I can't just run away and put it all back. Well, I guess you could, but I don't do it. So we're in it at that point. We're committed. So if you can look at your budget as you go through all this similarly and say, okay, what are we going to spend? How much do we know roughly what that's going to cost? What are we comfortable spending with it? And then when you walk into your Target store or you're shopping your wedding vendors, you have a good idea to make all of these decisions around so that when you get to the Target checkout line, or in this case, the wedding day, you're not getting that sticker shock of, oh, crud, we spent how much now on the wedding? That can be where a lot of stress comes from, a lot of disagreements come from, and it's not how you want to start the first year of marriage. So I think if you give your wedding budget this level of respect and discipline, which I know is tough, but I think you can do it, you won't have as much stress when it comes to making those final vendor payments. One of my couples, I was talking with them about budgeting and all that kind of stuff as it naturally comes up when you're hiring a photographer. And what they did is they actually opened a separate checking account. Love it. 
obviously a lot of couples will open up a separate email account, but they open a separate checking account and they put the same amount of money in that checking account every time they need to move it. I think as I said, they put $2,500 in there and that's what they started with. And then the next time they need to move money over, they put another 2,500 bucks in there. And so they can keep track of how many chunks they've moved over. And the point is that a budget is only as good as how much you track and stick to it. Like we said earlier in the episode, it's not just about creating the thing, checking it off and moving on. It's looking at, and this couple said, we're not spreadsheet people, but we can at least look at our account and say, all right, well, we've only got $200 left in the account. We need to add more because we know this payment's coming out. Yeah. And we're not here to tell you not to break your own rules. That's totally up to you. But the point of going through this process is just setting yourself up for the future so that you know what your rules even are to determine whether you want to break them or not, because it feels a lot better spending whatever dollar amount when you go, yeah, we budgeted for this feels really good because we know we can afford this. We know it fits into the puzzle piece really nicely. And we feel good about it. The stress that comes off of your shoulders when you have that information is amazing. But here's the thing. If you want to stick to the budget, like Dan said, you need to keep track of it. You need to know what you spent because I promise you, just like my little trip to Target where I add these little things to my cart, all of those little numbers will almost always add up to be a number that is much higher in reality than what's going on in your math brain. Yeah, it's like me at Lowe's. Same thing. Oh, is it Lowe's for you? Is that your problem store? It's my problem store. Just the tools and the nails? Yeah. I need this pack of 10 penny nails. That's what I need. Or I need this three and a half inch exterior galvanized screws. That's amazing. Mike is famous for saying, so I have a tool that does this, but if I get this other tool, I'll be able to do it faster and better. And I just really think we need it. (laughs) It's like, okay, what am I going to (laughs) say? No. That's what Rachel would say. She's like, no, you can't buy that. I need to channel my inner Rachel next time. And we're here to cheer you on. If you are like, hey, we're going to just put together a spreadsheet and we're going to figure this out. Like I said earlier, I have that budget template now in my shop. It is super easy to use. Like when you buy it, I even walk you through. There's a whole video walkthrough showing you exactly how to use it. It's minimal. There's no pink whatsoever. You can choose what to include, what to track, do whatever. But If you take anything away from this, know that you are doing yourself a major solid, especially your future self by putting in this little bit of work now to have the wedding that feels really good to you. Yeah. I'm not a fan of credit cards, but I know plenty of couples who said we are using one card. We have the money to cover. We pay it off every month, but they put everything on this card and they use the points at the very end. And that's how they paid for their honeymoon travel, right? You know, the other couple opened a checking account and they moved the same amount of money over every time, $2,500. And they moved that over 10 times. That was $25,000. And that was their budget. So it's about figuring it out. Like Danielle said, I'm not a normal spreadsheet person. I'm becoming one because you're rubbing off on me, but it's about figuring it out and sticking to it. Yeah. I think there's just a lot of power also and confidence in knowing your numbers and knowing what you feel good about. And I think you owe yourself that. You deserve to have that confidence as you go through this. And that's what we're here to do is give you that confidence. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Put A Ring On It podcast. Before we wrap up this episode, we just want to send some love and gratitude and hugs to all of our patrons in the Ringer Club. We would not be here without you. Thank you so much. You are the best. 
Absolutely. And let's be real. Things are way easier when you have a solid support system who is going through it right alongside you. So please join the Ringer Club community today at patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Just click the link in our show notes. The Ringer Club is the best way to support the show and receive direct access to Danielle and I. Plus, you have an entire community of Ringers helping too on Facebook. Membership is just eight bucks a month, and we have a limited number of spots available at a lower monthly rate where you get all the same benefits. Again, that's patreon.com slash P-A-R-O-I. Another way you can support the show is to rate, review, and subscribe in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. And don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, where you can catch some more tips, see Dan's amazing photos, and watch some of our behind-the-scenes shenanigans. Follow us at Put a Ring on It Podcast. Okay, Ringers, remember, we're here to help you. But no matter whose advice you follow or what decisions you make, know that your wedding's going to be amazing. Because you rock. Until next time, Ringers.